recorded live. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be across the nation or around the world. Once again, you are listening to the VMware Communities Roundtable podcast. This is podcast number 433. My name is Eric Nelson, and with me today I have my show, my co-host, John White. It's Wednesday, May 16th, 2018. John, how are you doing? Doing really well. And uh, the color of the Bay Report, the, the report that literally nobody is uh, asking for. Uh, as I crossed the bridge, it was the water was brown, and then it got green, and then blue, and then on the other side, it got green and then brown again. So I, I think it has something to do with waves and wind. Waves and wind. Yeah. Lots, of, lots of wave action. Uh, on the show today, we have uh, Dave Rollins, uh, staff content architect uh, of everything HOL, I believe. Uh, he works on HOL, works on the, the content for HOL. So we've got Dave uh, back on the show. He's been here a couple times to talk about what's new with HOL. So that's cool. We also have Valdesir Calvejo. Valdesir joined our team, the social team, to talk through um, what we're going to do with vExpert Pro and some of the growth aspects of uh, the vExpert program across different uh, groupings. So we'll have Val to talk about that. Uh, we also have uh, Jenny, Jennifer Jenny Gonzalez, who joined our team. Jenny, welcome to the show as well. Thank you. She's in the studio. So... Uh, and then we are going three camera live today, so maybe we'll get close-ups of ourselves along with the uh, the big overhead shot of the camera we've got at the top of the studio. So uh, three camera shots. Uh, so if you want to watch us on live stream, we are um, facebook.com slash VMTN community. And you can watch us live and listen to us there as well, pre-recorded, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we're live right now, though. So, uh, John, what's what's happening in the news? Anything going on? I, I got absolutely nothing. N- nothing in nothing the news. Nothing is happening in the news. That's not true. I heard something about a Champions program. Are we not talking about that? Yeah, we are. We oh, are okay. absolutely talking about the EUC Champion. Yeah, so there's an EUC Champions program that was announced. Uh, it was uh, 35 people, I think, uh, that were announced as EUC Champions as the external facing uh, and uh, users. So... Um, nice. Congratulations to everybody out there um, to do some shout outs. I want to kind of do some an, a new part of the program and I haven't got it together yet, but uh, kind of shout outs, right? Seeing things that have been happening in the community all week and there have been some interesting things. The, the most interesting thing that I would say is William Lamb published an article on uh, somebody did a uh, vCenter dark mode. Dark mode. Yeah, dark mode uh, uh, interface, right? I think mm-hmm. CSS for for vCenter, and uh, looks really nice. For the HTML5 client, uh, yeah. a CSS replacement that, that makes it dark and, yeah. and bright. And I have heard that, uh, that the product teams are also working on a dark mode, or at least that's what was going on on social this week. So shout out to William Lamb, and I don't know who the guy is that published it. If I had my act together, I would have went out and looked that up. Yeah, uh, so, so additional ideas for people out there, uh, rainbow unicorn mode and uh, clown college mode. Yeah, exactly. But, um, I I really like the dark mode because I tend to work in a cave. I, yeah. I, my, my garage is dark. I like it dark and just not as bright on my eyes when I'm sitting around in my cave. Yeah, when you have yeah. high contrast, really bright in a dark room, uh, it can lead to some eye strain. So right, right. very welcome. Perfect. Uh, so then next, we'll just uh, talk to Jennifer. So Jennifer, this is your first week at VMware. So welcome to VMware. You're on the community teams yeah. and. Uh, you are going to be the the Katie Bradley VMTN Community Manager replacement. Yep, I am. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Uh, welcome to VMware. So, 
Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, where did you go to college and what did you get your degree in? Uh, you're not that far out of college, um, yeah. but you have been out of college, work for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just tell us, tell the community who you are and uh, what's, what's your history. Okay. Well, I'm Jennifer Gonzalez. I'm from Texas. I went to a small university in San Antonio called Incarnate Word. Um, I got my bachelor's degree in marketing. So Marketing. Yep. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. Awesome. Yep. yep. And then I moved out here once I graduated, worked about a year and a half, and now I'm happy to be here at VMware. Oh, very nice. Very nice. And uh, did you work in marketing while you were out in the Bay Area? Yes, I was a marketing coordinator. Te- so Tech company marketing stuff? Yep. Yeah. Tech consulting. Very nice. Yep. Very nice. Well, uh, we're glad to have you. Uh, we're always good to get marketing degree people in. It's, it's fun. Katie taught us mm-hmm. that... Uh, even though we do a lot of tech stuff, right, and we've always switched back between getting SEs and tech people to, to run communities uh, versus marketing people, what we learned with Katie Bradley is marketing is, is actually better because we have lots of community people that offer the tech. Right. But then running the marketing for those people, right, and getting the word out on what they're doing and how they're doing it and where the good articles are, that's, that's, that's very valuable. So uh, happy to have you on board. Newsflash, yeah. marketing is a real job. Oh, yeah. yeah, marketing and social media marketing. <laughs> you know, you can make fun of it because I think everyone should be able to do that. But uh, it is a real job, and it real it job. is really effective at getting penetration and getting followers to actually read the content that everybody's putting together. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so uh, neat to have you on board, and thank you for coming on the show and hanging out with us on yeah. the community podcast. Yeah, so, happy to be here. Yeah, and then you're gonna you know publish that. Uh, on the home the homepage of the VMTN community page. Right? Yeah, got nice. it. Nice, nice. Okay, so uh, next What's one. Twitter. Yeah, yeah. What is your Twitter? Oh, my Twitter is J E N N I V M T N. J E N N I. So I'm Jenny with an I, not a Y. Oh, not a Y. No. All right. So I've been sending you mail <laughs> all all the time wrong. Right. That's fine. Okay. Good. good. I get so that Jenny, all the time. J E N N I V M T N. V M T N. I like that one. Right. Um, okay, good. So, yeah, tweeter, follower, yep. you know, we'll get you a bunch of followers. We'll retweet you on uh, the VExperts handles and awesome. so forth to get you there, right? Uh, we are waiting for Corey Romero to return back to the team. So, our team has been in kind of a transition mode this year. I feel like it's been a rebuild mode. The podcast has actually been fairly consistent this year. So, it's actually been good. But a lot of the other programs between Corey being out of the office for, for maybe three or four months here, he's coming back May, May 21st. So, we're excited about that to get yep. him back uh, in in the saddle, so to speak. And then uh, we, we, we lost Tony Dunn and we've hired another guy, um, uh, Josh Millendahl, which I think we had on the podcast the other day, just to say hello. Uh, he's, he's taken over the tools and channels for, that Tony used to manage. And so we got him on board now. Um, and then we uh, have a code engineer that's starting, uh, Kripa, which she hasn't started yet. She's starting in early June. So three new people training into the roles. So it's exciting, but it's also a lot of work. And then um, we are, we're adding Valdesir to do the Expert Pro program. So Ooh. a lot of extra people. Yeah. And the truth is the community team is kind of down to like three full-time people and missing four. And now we've brought those four back on. So it's been, been a year of transition for us uh, building up the team again. So, uh, But excited to have everybody slot in and, and meet everybody and get, get moving uh, in prep for VMworld. So. Okay, moving on, uh, we have, let's see. Val? No, I'm not, we're not going to do Val first. I was, was going to okay. think we'll do Dave first, so I'm just going through that. So Dave Rollins, Dave, thanks for being on the call. I know you're here, uh, HOL. 
uh, Dave, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little, just a minute summary of what you do and what have you been doing at VMware? Oh, perfect. So, uh, yeah, again, my name is Dave Rollins. I'm a, a content architect with the Hands-On Lab team. Um, been here about, I guess, four years. This will be my fifth VMworld in this role, uh, but about eight years at VMware in general. Uh, my, my main goal is to work with the different business units to figure out what they want in, uh, in a lab from their products and then go out and help people create it, and then to tie it back into marketing, help the marketing people go out there and, and push this, uh, these labs to, uh, to our users. Right, so you've been doing this for multiple years now, right? if I remember right, I think I've worked with you for at least four years between doing cloud grad promotion on the labs and getting all the labs together, so uh, this is old hat for you now, and we hit a it's it's funny because I look at HOL and I think VMworld, but now they're twenty four by seven all year online. Three sixty five. Right. So you're just you're just constantly working on these things, right? You're you're kind of like in this marketing role of every quarter there's new announcements, new labs have to be designed and uh, put in place, right? Right, and that's, yeah, you're exactly right. We moved or we're we're, we're trying to shift from uh, our our typical two cycles a year. So we do one for VMworld and then kind of we an update, uh, what we call our spring release, so we just launched those labs. Uh, but we're seeing that, you know, with our, these quick release cycles, you know, like you were saying, every every three months we're seeing uh, updated products uh, that need new labs. So it's, it's, uh, it's a bit of a, a higher pace now. Right. Right, right. So in, the, in, in, in this space where you, the pace is picking up, um, do you guys have like a bigger team now? Has the has the team expanded? In the old days, the labs were kind of like built together with the, the SEs and some of the product people just for VMworld, uh, and it was kind of like whatever everybody put, could scrap together and build was what what actually got built, and it got more mature. But do they have full time team now working on this this content development? Not the content development. That's something that we are seriously looking into now. Um, as we've grown, uh, when I initially started with the team, like you said, about four years ago, uh, we had maybe 28 labs total in our catalog, and we're looking at probably close to 90 this year. And it's just gotten, you know, a lot of, of uh, a lot for our team to be able to develop, and a lot for uh, or to support that development. But then also in turn, there's that volunteer SE army uh, to create it. So yeah, we're looking at uh, avenues to get some help. <laughs> Well, then there should be a big shout out to everybody that's doing that because it, it still is not their day job. Exactly. That's it's a really interesting thing to call out that you know all of those labs are developed, you know, kind of outside the uh, the the forty the hour week day jobs that those individual people have. Right. And I, and I think that's that's what makes the lab so great. And in some of the content uh, that we do is, is those resources that are volunteering their time or are speaking to the customers and they're kind of understanding what they're looking for, what they want in a, uh, to get out of a lab and then go back in and, and that 41st to 80th hour of the week and uh, to create that content. Right. So t to understand then, um, do you guys, uh, uh, are you building um, new labs uh, throughout the year, you, st you still have these two cycles. You you move to two cycles, and then what percentage of those labs are actually available online versus what percentage of them are just at VMworld, or are they all now online? For the most part, they are all online. Um, actually, I think this year is the first year that we've had everything at VMworld uh, online and available. Um, we are 
and this is, I guess is a little bit of a preview, we're working on getting um, a vSphere 6.7 lab released. You know, it was, it was too late. The code drop was too late for our spring release, but it's, it's out now, and we don't want to wait till VMworld to release it. So there are, are certain circumstances where I think we're, we're kind of breaking that traditional two-year or a twice-a-year cycle and uh, getting that content out there as soon as we can for some of these really critical products. Interesting. Does that change the value prop for VMworld? Right? Do we see less people taking them at VMworld? Do you get feedback on, well, no, people really like to be uh, at VMworld taking the labs. Uh, what's the story there? Because it, for me, it would be like, once I can do this stuff online, maybe I reprioritize what I'm doing at VMworld. Or is VMworld a place where I carve out, you know, 30 hours and I actually just make it my training event, right? Um, because I don't <laughs> anything other than what's on fire. Yeah, I remember that. That was one of my uh, first years as a captain. I think it may have been 2011, uh, where we had one promotion where, uh, you know, if you took the most number of labs, if you took every lab, you get a free pass to VMworld, and there was one guy who was there every day, constantly, back and forth. And he actually did it, and he ended up winning the, uh, the free pass. But and initially, to your point of, of um, thinking people are coming to VMworld going, hey, I'm going to block off this time, but, you know, I can take these when I get home. That was kind of our thought, too, but we're still seeing uh, record numbers. Like last year was our, our highest number of labs taken of all time. Um, so I think there, it, it just depends. I think some of the newer people may come in because uh, we're seeing the majority of people have never taken a lab before are coming to VMworld and, and taking labs. Uh, and maybe they just are you know, new to the environment and want to see what it's all about. Yeah. I'm going to let Valister, you know, ask a question, right? Because he's here, and you know, maybe we'll get him off off mute and uh, let him ask one of his favorite <laughs> HOL questions. Uh, actually, I I can hear what what he's saying, oh. but uh, I really love the HOL. I'm a huge fan of it. I use it all the time. And uh, what was the the biggest uh, HOL uh, course that was taking the in the last few months? I know what that is. Everybody knows what that is. <laughs> You'd be surprised, yeah, Billy. The Evil Empire from Amazon, I think. That would be my guess. Right? <laughs> no, no, no. No. Oh, no, no, no. It's uh, the four-year in-a-row winner of uh, at, at the show itself, the Emerald. It is NSX. Uh, that's been the top lab for, for four years. Or but one month. I'm sorry? Yeah. No, nothing. In the chat, Graham predicted oh. that it was NSX, so just giving him a ah. shout-out. Oh, there you go. Yeah, uh, but online, we actually do better with uh, vSphere. Uh, so the vSphere 101 lab, just the, the general introduction to it. It's shocking that uh, that's still the, the, the number one, but I, I think that incorporates the what's new, right, um, also. Or is that, no, yes. I think that's a separate lab, maybe. Yes. But it's interesting, the value prop of VMworld, um, especially in this past year, we made some product announcements, hey, this is uh, live and available now, or we're making the announcement and it's going to be released soon. But that day, we released the lab. Um, so okay. it wasn't on the initial lab list if you went the first day of VMworld. But, you know, day two, during yeah, the when we keynote, announced, yeah, announced we made the, the announcement. Yep. And day two, there was a lab, a brand new lab for that product. And I think Wavefront and maybe the App Defense uh, right. were, were the showed up. And and so 
there's something about being at the show, yeah. hearing an announcement, right. and then almost immediately being able to go and try out try the product. Out. Yeah. That's uh, magical. That's actually a really good idea, too. Uh, we should get uh, Pat and others to actually talk about the lab during the keynote, right? Oh, like, and get right. people excited about, and by the way, we got the lab. It's opening up today. So yeah. hope everybody's up there. I'm going to be up there checking out the labs, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's good the event. And there's also something about being at the lab, uh, being at the hands-on lab at the show, and being able to raise your hand and have somebody, you know, a VMware trained systems engineer or a technical co- technical account manager who's an expert at that lab, lab yeah. come over and help you. And if they can't help you, then have the author of the lab walk over and be able to help you. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah what, that's it. It's a value problem. Yeah, well, yeah, one other thing to keep in mind, too, and this will change, uh, with VMworld Europe being in November this year, we typically wait until the end of VMworld Europe. So when that's over, that's when we release the labs on a public portal. So there's a bigger gap this year. Instead of that week in between VMworld US and Europe, uh, there's a couple of months uh, before they'll get released. Yeah, interesting. interesting. Yeah, so time time between the two shows. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we still do that. That's interesting to know. Um, there's also kind of marketing of labs these days. So you guys are running some kind of contest to get people to come in and do labs. Uh, talk talk to us about uh, you know why do you guys run marketing events for HOLs and uh, what what is it that you're running right now. Uh, so right now, um, as I mentioned before, we, we just wrapped up our, our spring release and to kind of help promote the labs and, and some of the new content that's out there, uh, we have a, a, a PKS lab that's new. Our vSAN lab has been updated to the latest code that we have uh, at the time again. Um, but what we're doing is if you do need to take the lab from a specific page, uh, you can just go right to vmware.com and there's the, the page on the, on the, very, the very front page there's a, one of the banners there that talks about the contest, or you can just go to vmware.com slash promotions uh, and look for the uh, win a trip to VMworld 2018, and that's what we're doing. So you just take one of the labs to be entered into the drawing, uh, and we will put you into a, a raffle for airfare, hotel, uh, and your choice of VMworld US or Europe, uh, whichever show you want to go to. So if you're in the US and you want to go to VMworld Europe, that's fine. Um, the total value of it, so that's the one thing you need to keep in mind, is we'll, we'll cover up to $5,000 uh, for you to attend either of these uh, VMworlds. And it's good timing because the, the contest ends next Thursday, uh, May 24th, at midnight of your br- whatever browser you're taking the lab in. That's the timestamp we'll take. Wait, 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 Dave. You're, you're, so you're saying the prize is not just the 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 entry pass into VMworld, but also the flight and the hotel. That is correct. And not just any hotel. These are the, uh, I, I was looking at the, the T's and C's on, um, on the promotions page, and it is you know, Mandalay Bay for, uh, for the U.S., and then uh, the Marriott, uh, or the AC Marriott, uh, right there in Barcelona. Got it. So it's the event hotels. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that that changes uh, that changes it for me. Yeah, I don't think we've ever done that. I think one time we did one where we gave away a pass and we covered like two thousand dollars or something. Right. But that makes the flight hard, right? Right. You get hotel or flight, yeah. especially for somewhere. But I mean, even away. even yeah. the pass is like four thousand yeah. dollars, right? So 
So, okay, yep, another VMworld thing. Like, I, I, I get bored talking about ways you can get a VMworld pass and get things covered. I understand it. <laughs> if you're out in the field, it's exciting. For me, I'm like, yawn. Okay, good. Another way to get a pass. I hope you guys, we're going to put publish, do a blog. I heard a, uh, a podcast just on the, the 17 ways you can go get a VMworld pass. I like it. Getting back to um, why do you, what's the business value? Uh, do you guys look at how many labs are getting done per month? Right? Uh, do you guys get graded on that? Uh, it seems like if you're marketing the the labs, there must be a business value for it that somebody is measuring. So, wonder what 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 is the news there? Uh, do you guys actually get graded on how many labs are taken or something like that? Oh, uh, we do get uh, graded by labs taken, but we're also moving to this whole net promoter score um, thing. So, after every lab, you can take a survey. Uh, and that's kind of how we're grading and how good of a job we're doing and how good of a job the, the content creators are doing of, of creating those labs. But in general, they're just uh, the hands-on labs have been proven to just be such a, a better way to try out our products uh, in general. So a lot of partners, a lot of customers, even the you know, VMware employees will utilize those as kind of that first touch with the customer to get that hands-on experience. Uh, in, in driving that product. You know, it's not like a product eval where you have to have the equipment on hand, uh, actually think of things to try out. Uh, these are all pre-performed exercises, no license codes. You click a button, and uh, you can launch that environment to try it out in a matter of minutes. Yeah, so I could see where marketing would be interested in that. It's almost like the new way of, of judging how, how popular your product is, is uh, the hands-on lab measurement versus <laughs> it used to be the download. It used to be all about how many downloads, how many free trials, you know, would 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 kind of give you a parameter of how we're doing from a product product penetration perspective. Right, but you can now you can measure like number of minutes spent yeah. using the product or the lab like that. Right. Yeah, so we, yeah, speaking of that, we we get about um, 51 minutes on average uh, of a person taking a lab uh, every year, and, and we you know again we deliver about a million labs a year. With 400,000 active users. Nice. So new labs transitioning here. Um, you guys are apparently, you know, going to be working on some some labs for VMworld. Are there going to be new labs for VMworld, or are they all going to be out ahead of time? Uh, the only one that we're looking to do ahead of time again is that that vSphere uh, 6.7. What's new? Um, but kind of a, the same trend we're seeing last year, uh, even more so this year. Is, is kind of that whole software as a service based uh, products, uh, that whole model. Um, you know, we, we talked a little bit last year about cloud services. Uh, we're digging deeper into that with log intelligence, discovery, uh, network insight, things like that. A lot more interaction with uh, AWS. And I, I believe one of the labs that looks really interesting to me was the, uh, the site recovery manager uh, integration with AWS. Um, yeah. but you know, we're still seeing a lot of, um, again, just the feature-based products or uh, labs where you, know, you come in and you find out, you know, hey, this is everything that's, that's new and good with this vSAN 6.7. But more so we're seeing now that, and we've been having a, a lot of uh, customer requests for this, is that's great, I understand the product, but you know, how can I use it in my environment? So we're seeing more, more and more not only scenario-based, but product interactions. Uh, you know, how to solve business problems using, you know, Horizon and NSX or you know, V-Realize operations, automation, log insight. How can I combine those together to, to better manage my environment? Yeah. 
I, I, I'll loop back a little bit and going. Yeah, I can I can see now as we especially move into cloud services, right? Where you can go take the HOL just to experience what the cloud service is going to be before I go activate whatever right. product that is, right? Mm-hmm. And versus before download things, install it, and then learn about it through through an email license. Now you're not going to be able to do that because obviously it's a cloud service, but this is a way to actually get experience with it before you activate a cloud service. Or know what it looks like even, yeah, right? Because, yeah. uh, for example, I might know what uh, what uh, infrastructure costing looks like when I install the product in my cluster, but I don't know what the uh, infrastructure, the cloud uh, infrastructure costing looks like as a service. So I can go into the lab, take a look at it. I'm presuming there is one. Um, see what it's like, and experience, <laughs> right? And uh, and then you know maybe make the contrast for myself, and then go okay, yeah, it is worth it to to do it that way, and it maybe it's better to pay monthly rather than uh, uh, maintain the infrastructure on my own. There was no question yeah. mark at the yeah, end. Yeah, apparently, yep, just to, just to, <laughs> just which yeah, is true. Um, so. You're busy. What other takeaways for HOL should people be thinking about uh, with regards to like just, you know, availability? Obviously, the content is going on. You're making availability earlier in the cycle now, um, multiple times, almost in real time, depending on when products are launched. Um, all online, right? Uh, what what happened to uh, FastPass for somebody in chat asked about FastPass uh, Labs at VMworld? I think that went away Um is there still on your own bring bring your own device um what's the what's the strategy for delivery these days how are the lines i don't remember seeing big lines anymore when i've been walking through hols what can you tell us about innovative ways that you're delivering these at vmworld yeah that's a great point i i i think that fastpass initially started um when we used to have those wrapped around the block kind of uh days a lot of times though um if it's not the morning, you can typically get in uh, fairly easy, just walk right in and get seated, to, again, to take a lab at a workstation where we have those thin clients, and we call it the Cadillac experience, uh, where you can sit down and have a nice monitor and, and keyboard. Uh, or again, like you were saying, the BYOD, we're probably likely 99% sure uh, we'll still have that. We haven't looked at our, our room build-out yet, um, but we'll, we'll still have that delivery method as well. Um, does any the things we're looking more to build out uh, that we get more and more requests for every year, and we keep trying to grow them, is the expert-led workshops. Um, we started out with you know a couple of rooms and 25 seats in it, and I believe last year we had six rooms, and one of them had, of course, the NSX room had 40 seats. Uh, the rest had 35. I think this year we're looking to build that out even more and increase the seat count. Um, that's where we see a lot of requests and, and a lot more of the, the benefit uh, from customers attending uh, those workshops. Yeah, that makes sense. I like that. I, it's kind of like going to a movie theater where you have big seats now, right? You yeah. Know, where you can reserve your own seat and go there. It's the experience, right? And ex- expert-led workshops, um, is it's an experience as opposed to just going self-serve, sit at a terminal and raise your hand if you have questions. This is kind of like guided learning, right, uh, with people all in the same room so you feel connected to the people, and then the, he's telling you what you should be taking away from the lab. Right, the expert or the author saying, this is the whole reason why we built this lab. It's where you'd experience right. feature X, you know, goal Y. Right. 
So instead of one big room, you have smaller rooms and one big theater where you have thousands of seats that are just like you have these now very comfortable experience. So I like that idea. And that that's a, that's a great way to, to, to deliver labs. I think that's a better experience for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, scaling it's thousands, right? Because I know those those got reserved pretty quick. Uh, like you had to be in there within a day in uh, Schedule Builder to schedule those out and get your slot. So you, uh, the goal is to expand capacity, I assume. Like expand capacity, but also, and we've been working with the the, the Schedule Builder team at VMworld, and we've come up with some creative ways to to kind of help with that. Uh, maybe you know doing repeat sessions, but not releasing them the first day. Uh, maybe a couple weeks later to give people the opportunity that didn't register the first day and and, and break in there and, and uh, actually have a chance of getting into one of those workshops. A little secret is that we typically keep um, workshop seats from being published in Schedule Builder. Um, so we may say that we have 30 seats available, but we may have 32 or 33 just in case. Um, so there's, if you show up early enough um, and you're the first one in queue for the wait wait list or standby list, you're pretty much guaranteed to get in. Yeah, that's an interesting game game theory, queuing theory, you know, how to, <laughs> how to, how to manage your queue, game it, game it so that, you know, people that aren't in first, it's like almost anti-democratic though, but I can see where that that's useful. Um, to sure. maybe even hold some back and release some a week later or have multiple releases of that. But I love the idea of you know, you know, adding, holding some lab sessions available, so rooms available, not not committed to, so that if you have a lab that's extremely popular, you can up a, open up a couple more full-on sessions of those. Exactly. Uh, one of the yeah. was actually managing the uh, standby line um, for a short period of time, a couple right. times, and uh, <laughs> there was definitely no show. Right, there were you know eight or nine people who didn't show up for right. the. Uh, for the guided experience, so you know, a bunch of people got in. So, Dave, uh, as we're kind of closing down here at 12:35, we're going to going to transition to Valdesir soon. But a uh, couple, one last question I have is: When where are you going to publish what the labs are going to be? Uh, does that come out in Schedule Builder? How do we know what we need to sign up for? It's going to you know, communicate that. Ah, so Schedule Builder, according to my my paper calendar, um, that goes live July 17th. Um, so we will we'll publish catalog. those. Right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, oh yeah. So the content catalog that goes live June nineteenth. Right. Um, so July thirty first, we may do another round of, of expert led workshops, the ones that we held back, uh, okay. and then maybe maybe again that week of August sixth. Okay. So you heard it on the podcast first, right? The right. cheat sheet on how to get into a lab if you missed the original schedule builder open, but check out the content calendar content catalog to see what the labs are. That's when you'll get the list of what is available from the, magi the magical uh, Dave Rollins and crew. And then uh, Schedule Builder, if you missed that, they're going to open some up on those future dates. Go back and listen to the recording if you missed them. Right. So that's one. Uh, how, how do people follow you guys to keep track? Do you guys have a Twitter handle that you're tweeting on regularly? We do. It's uh, at BMWHOL. And you can find all of our information there. All right, great. Well, Dave, thanks a lot for coming on the show again and just giving us an update. We're excited about you know transitioning into the VMworld schedule and all the things that are happening. So everybody should be thinking about the labs they want to take when they show up. 
love the idea of uh, expert-led workshops. Watch for those. That means you got to pay attention to the content calendar and get in there before they're all taken or do Dave's trick of uh, trying to get in the second second round. Second round. <laughs> Dave, thanks a lot. Tell tell Pablo Roche I said uh, hello, and thanks a lot for coming on the, on the show today. Cool. Thank you for having me. Yep, yep, great. Okay, transitioning to, to Valdesir, uh, Valdesir Calvejo. Uh, welcome to the community podcast in your now new official, you know, employment at VMware uh, for uh, help being on the uh, HOL. I uh, sorry, not HOL, the, on uh, the Expert Pro program. Uh, we're really happy to have you on. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, how long you worked at the, in the VMware ecosystem, and then we'll get into your role here at VMware. Okay, thank you, Eric. Uh, um, well, my name is Valdesir, and I've been working with VMware for uh, like five years, and I've been involved with the community, heavily involved with the community, and I'm a V expert for three years. Uh, what else? Uh, I'm married, I have two kids, I'm living in Brazil, in Sao Paulo, Brazil, and I'm really excited to to be working with you guys. Great, great, great. So uh, nice, nice thing having you on board. I think your Twitter handle is at Home Labber, right? So a lot of people follow yes. you. And uh, do you actually have a home lab? Yeah, I have a home lab. And, and my, my since you announced that I start to work for VMware, my, my followers just boom. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Native native languages Portuguese, right? You speak it's Portuguese. Other yeah. other other languages, or is it English and Portuguese, or English in a little bit of Spanish? I can understand Spanish. I can speak a little bit of Spanish. Right. Nice. Nice. So, um, you know, the, the Expert Pro program. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what we're doing with the V Expert Pro program, uh, and then we'll dive into some questions. Okay. So. Uh, we are starting to develop a new VExpert program. It's going to be called VExpert Pro. And we, our main focus is to grow the number of VExperts outside the United States. And we're going to focus on Latin and EMEA and APJ geos. And we already started to develop some materials to help people recruiting new VExperts. And, and that's it. We are, we are going forward. All right. So uh, first thing I'll, I'll say is that uh, more of the experts is that we already have 1,600 V experts. Uh, what? Why? Why more of the experts? And what, how are you going to manage that? Uh, we are planning to grow. I think to three three K V experts, and we we will work with uh, the, uh, spread them in, in two programs. Today we have. There's the expert in NSX, the expert Discern, and the expert cloud, two programs. And we will try to work with them in a small niche so we can give them more attention and more more tools to, to develop and advocate about VMware. So um, Microsoft, I think, did this with MVP, right? They have now 4,000 people in their MVP program or some large number. But they actually segregated it into to groups, right? Small right. groups. So, yep, we have the NSX, the vSAN, and the cloud groups, which are 100 people, 150 people or below, right? And then the BUs work directly with 
those those programs, right? So this would allow be used to work with the experts, but in the sub programs, which means even though the program could be big, you're saying that the BUs can work directly with the smaller number of people. Yes, that's it. Right. And and also in the V Expert Pro, we are looking for for people who are really passionate about the the program and the, the V Expert Pros they will help us to find new V experts and advocate about it. So what is a V Expert Pro? Is this like a you know somebody that's a pro? Like what what does that mean? A professional V expert. Yeah. What what yeah. Take us through <laughs> okay. what is that? Yeah, no, the, the expert pro is going to be someone who will be working together with our team and to find and recruit new experts in you know, uh, outside U.S. So we are planning to have one expert pro in each country uh, and train those guys and give them tools to, to recruit and identify new experts so we can grow our community. Why one per country? Because we need, you want to have a local presence and working with the local VMware offices and also uh, you it, it will facilitate about the, with the language. Uh, so many people don't speak English and they can understand. So the local V expert will help us to translate uh, some materials and and talk about the V expert to to his public. So and translate and explain in the way that people will understand what the VExpert program is. That's really exciting, actually. To, I, I can imagine um, maybe we do have the statistics today about what the U.S. concentration or the North America concentration of the experts are. Yeah. Um, Probably pretty yes. concentrated, right? Yeah, yeah. John, it's, it's pretty high. Uh, half of the, the, the experts today are based in U.S. and U.K. Mm-hmm. So the, to get outside that world, um, I can imagine that uh, being, you know, kind of tapped for this type of advocacy position in recognition of the advocacy that you've done in the past, that's really what it is. It's a recognition um, that that would be kind of uh, enhancing to one's career, right? At least it, it always has been for me to be uh, recognized, to do a bunch of advocacy, to, to get knowledgeable, first of all, uh, to become an advocate and then be recognized as an advocate. Um, then you are looked to as an expert. You're you're asked to maybe come speak at a local VMUG, or maybe you you help lead a VMUG or, or start one, and and you're looked at an expert. I I can imagine again that this is going to change your career. So to be able to do that and broadcast that outside, you know that type of opportunity outside of just the U.S. and the U.K. Um, that that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, sure, sure. It, it will change your career. It changes mine. So uh, I, I think it's a it's a good thing to do. And you you are giving back to the community what you you, you get. So it, it's really excited, and we are looking for grow this program outside US. And so a uh, question then. I I could definitely see how it helps their career. Um, I think it helps us grow the V Expert program in that uh, we now have somebody that's doing the correct language, right? And sure. translating the, that material. And cultural grounding, yeah, right? Exactly. That was my next question is, is what you are an advocate and how you're an advocate change in each country, right? Like yeah. what tools you use, 
what channels you use, uh, what does it mean to be a V-expert. I know in Japan, for instance, it, uh, being an advocate in Japan, you uh, you don't talk about yourself. It's, it's, it's not polite to promote your own brand, right? Uh, your own, even your own name. Um, so blogs are very popular in uh, in Japan because you can be anonymous, right? Mm. So a blog author can just set up a blog and and blog about it, but you're not promoting yourself, and you're not right. you're not bragging when you're talking about that content. So just so I know it's different in Japan. I can imagine it's different per country, and there have therefore having somebody that knows the culture, knows the language, knows the channels, and can then customize what a V expert is in a given country probably is is valuable. Yes, it, it, I did something like this in Brazil. Uh, when I st- when I discover, I heard about the V expert for the first time. We had like, if I'm not wrong, it like two or four guys here that were V expert. And my first thought was, oh, a V expert is a, a person who has lots of VMwares and VMware and certifications and blah blah blah. But when I start looking into it and start talking with people in the community, I realized it was not that. A V-expert is someone who really uh, gives back to the community, people who blogs and who helps each other. And so I applied to the V-expert, I got accepted, and then I start to like preach the V-expert program to all my friends and to people in my community. Uh, here in Brazil, the Twitter is not so popular as it is in the U.S. So I went to Telegram, to Facebook, and started looking for people who had the same, uh, the same, do, used to do the same thing as I, as I was doing, like helping others and answering questions, and start to invite them to join the program. I help people write the, the, the application, I have uh, help people translate the site. So uh, when we have one VXFert Pro per country, those guys are going to do the same thing. They know the, the language, they know the culture, they know the channels. So it's going to help us. Yeah, that That's really sense. exciting. Yeah, yeah, nice nice to have it. So what are some of the things that you're working on now to, to get started and where are you focused right now? Okay, uh, right now uh, we are focused on uh, APJ. We are talking to the APJ people, and we have a, a kind of a schedule now. And then we will I will start to talk with EMEA and Latin people. Nice, nice. Um, and you've identified APJ people. You're going to be reaching out in the next uh, coming weeks to to recruit them. Uh, what's in it for them? Why, why, why would pros, you know, be helping us grow the program? Okay, good question. Uh, we are looking to give them. The first thing is going to be exposure. We're going to give them the V Expert Pro brand, and then we're going to uh, facilitate the the communication from them to to our team, to the digital team inside VMware. Uh, also, we're gonna gonna promote some local events uh, with the the local VMware offices, and we also we're gonna give them uh, program leadership. So they're gonna help us to choose and to choose and select the people from their region. Uh, during the application time. And I know you don't like to, to say that, but 
we are thinking about VMware World Pass. <laughs> <laughs> of course we are. <laughs> <laughs> and also we are planning a quarterly NDA briefing so we could feed them with inside information and things that they can say and spread the word to their community. Right. So basically building community managers. And on the VMworld side of the past uh, uh, thing, in, in this case, it's really because you want the pros come together because we're going to be doing some education activities yeah, right, to, to help them figure out how to grow their base in each of the countries. Right? So, Definitely. So it's less about a free pass and more about we want you to come because we want you to work. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is which is good, which is, I guess, what free passes are most of the time. So uh, that's good. Uh, well, that's that sounds interesting. Uh, I know um, we're excited about you know growing the VXR program. Um, you know, when you get up to this number of people, I mean, we have to do a shout out to one individual. Um, uh, but I'll t- before we do that, I'll just say so. How do you plan on scaling when you're talking about you know 2,000 now? Let's see, we're at 1,600 V experts now. Uh, maybe that's going to grow in country. Maybe we're going to pick up another thousand. What does it mean? How are you going to scale that that interaction? Ah, you got me. <laughs> okay, uh, we we will work really uh, together with the expert pros, so they can uh, we're going to give them freedom to manage the, their community and preach about the the program uh, and work together with them. So it's going to be easier to us to have people in, in, in the local regions. So instead, uh, and it, instead of I'll talk to like thousand people, I just talk to 10 or 20, 20 guys and then they spread the word. Right. Mm-hmm. So train the trainers and then give them power to be part of the program. Right? That makes sense. Uh, yeah. What about Martin? Sorry? What about Martin? Martin. Yeah. Who's Martin? Martin? Don't recognize Martin? Oh, that's so sad. Who? Yeah. Uh, so there, there's a there's a guy, uh, Martin. Uh, I want to say Smith, but uh, I don't know Martin's last name. I thought you were going to talk about it. Um, it. One of the big one of the big scale out uh, functions that we've done is that we've built a, a VExpert app. So mm-hmm. if you go to vexpert.vmware.com now, it's on its own domain. It's its own app. It's running on AWS. Uh, Martin helped us build it. Uh, he spent a year working with Cora Romero, building that app. So I've got to always shout out to Martin. Um, what's Martin's last name? Uh, Smith. 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 Yeah. I really I can't yeah. say his, right. his last name. Right. I, I, okay. I, I so we, some emails with yeah. him today, right. but I right. can I think it's Smith. Right. And so now we've moved to uh, on, you know onboarding everybody, application management. Even uh, we're working hard on getting the subgroups. So everybody's been asking, when are we going to announce vSAN? The new vSAN nominations are all in. I know the vSAN team has gone through all the applications and voted. And so we have to now you know, announce when the vSAN, new vSAN members are going to be. At the same time, we have to do call for NSX, you know, the, the experts, because we have these sub-programs. Right. Every year, we try to run just once a year, you know, reapply to those guys. 
a lot of the, 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 the BUs set the parameters for what they want in mm-hmm. the program. Uh, and once those parameters are met, they have to let them in. You can't, you can't block people. Right. Uh, but uh, the BUs set the parameters of what those are going to be in once a year we run those. And so managing that, and uh, Martin has helped us build this big app that allows us to manage the categories of the people, uh, onboarding of the people, managing of your emails of the people, getting your licenses distributed, uh, all of those things then allow us to scale that out by country because we now have a big app that Martin has built. That's right. terrific. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. So that was, that was the answer uh, that I was looking, okay, yeah, looking for you. That's all right. You've only been on the job for a, a week and a half, so I'll, I'll make that happen. Um, but I think that's, what's, that's why we're doing this now. So mm-hmm. for the last three years, me and Corey have basically held the VXPRO program static. Right? Right. It's been sitting at 1,500 uh, for three years now. And the reason is because we, we knew that we couldn't offer a, a good program mm-hmm. scaled beyond this. We were already at the edge. So we, submit, we created the sub-programs to allow the BUs to work directly. That scales because yeah. now the BUs are delivering services to the experts. Right. Uh, at the same time, then, we automated the whole process through a, a SaaS app that we built. But we're running out on Amazon, and, uh, and and Martin really did a lot of the, the heavy lifting on that. So always got a shout out to Martin. Thanks. I think he's on vacation this week. Um, and then and now we're uh, adding in the geos and the subprogram support, so that then um, you know you basically allow community to run community. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. And Makes uh, sense. so so that's exciting. And then you know because Val is community. Uh, you know, the, you, you, you look for good community people and bring them in to help them run the whole program, right? Heck so yeah. that's, that's what we did with Val, which is yeah. at-home labber, right? You know, <laughs> grab a at-home labber and, and recruit them in to, to help run that internationally, which uh, I got to say, I'll just, I'll just say, Val, like you, you, you took this concept was of, of country program, the Expert Pro program, was really your concept that we looked at when we went to the Emerald this year, uh, there was like eight or nine Brazilians that showed up out of right. the blue that were part of the experts now, right? And mm-hmm. we're like, how do we pick up, go from two V experts in Brazil to, you know, 10 V experts in Brazil? Right, right. And it was really because Val created, Val was the official v, first V expert pro, right? Mm-hmm. Where he built a little program, went around, presented the expert program, showed the value prop created content in language half or more of these these guys that were the experts don't speak english right, right, like, right. and so uh, what he did was uh, close the gap and built a program that allowed a bunch of people in an emerging market to experience what we all get to experience natively in right. english speaking you know first world countries that have all all of this infrastructure already for them and so we thought what a great way that what what val did was really cool um, by creating content in language and recruiting and doing that, those events, and we should replicate that and, and bring Val on and, and let him try to run that and recruit other of himself in country to, and, right. and allow them to do that. So I just want to say yeah. shout out to you, Val, for making that happen, and, uh, and that's, that's why you're here. We're excited about it. So Thank you. Thank you. So uh, maybe I have a follow-up question, and, and that is are you looking – is there a requirement, like maybe for um, for to be bilingual in English and in the native language, to to do that uh, translation and and, and uh, to be able to go back and forth? Uh, yes, it's it's going to be a requirement, and but I I think that with if you when we choose the expert pro, if he if he's already really um, 
uh, engage it in the community, you'll probably be, be able to speak in, in reading English. Mm-hmm. And we also have a, another uh, a few set of uh, things that we expect from uh, the VExpert Pro. Uh, do you want me to disclose this now, Eric, or we, we will announce it later and with all the things? Oh, uh, you can you can talk anything. Uh, this is our community podcast. We, we there's no such thing as anything private. It's it's rumors. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> rumors. Yeah, <laughs> rumors. Okay, uh, so uh, basically, this guy, this expert, he must be someone really active in the community. He should be willing to help and support the local experts. He should be willing to. Be a mentor to these the experts and the experts to be, and he will assist people to start and to apply and explain the program, explain what the expert pro is and what the expert uh, pro isn't. That it's the most important thing, and basically it's gonna be this. Uh, so we will be watching for uh, for people uh, that who are already the expert. Uh, and we're going to be talking to them, approach them during the, the following weeks. Yeah. Well, that wasn't very secret. Uh, I'm kind of disappointed. I thought there was going to be some big reveal there that I didn't even know about. But uh, yeah, it's it's good. Um, definitely going to recruit people in languages. You know, obviously makes sense, right? Per country, that's the idea behind it. Right. And so, um, not that that's like a checkbox item for that, but I would assume that they would be pretty fluent in their culture and their language to be able to recruit native now, natively. As we, you know, grown and oh, and by the way, just yeah. I got to set the record straight. It's not he. Uh, it's it's they they so the, right. it's, it's male okay, or female yeah. right? Right. Right. We'll, well we'll make sure we make that delineation we have several different uh, women we're recruiting for for pros mm-hmm. um, and so uh, we always got to say they what about what about countries where multiple languages are spoken you know in different regions right yeah. then you have to use sock puppets I don't know the answer I, I think I think everybody has to choose their own language right, right. Um, but maybe and, yeah. maybe multiple uh, and, and and that pros? comes back to you know when we look at the pros we're just happy if they're the experts and they're evangelistic mm-hmm. uh, I don't think we look at the language first off right we just assume that if you if you've got a lot of followers and you're producing content in a country that you, you know that we haven't gone down into the uh, a, you know, like having a big selection criteria be, besides oh look they they rise above and we go reach out and talk to them right okay yeah. Um, it's not that sophisticated of a program <laughs> yet. <laughs> it's like, basically, look, does anybody want to do it? <laughs> like, uh, but we're, we're looking for one first. Yeah, we're going to try to get a, a, yeah one, and we're not going to try to have a huge number. I mean, uh, my guess would be if we have 50 pros, that would be a large number, right? Mm-hmm. If we start, how many countries are there? There's 250 or 300 countries around the globe. So. Sure. Um, if we had one per country, it could be a larger number, but there's a lot of countries that are so small we don't operate in at all. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that that'll be the program, and all the sub programs tend to be uh, try to keep them under 150. So, uh, that's good. All right, we're at the top of the hour, Val. Thanks a lot for being here. You're at at home labber, so give him a follow so we can hit get his followers up to like 20,000. That'd be great. Uh, thanks for coming in and beaming in. It's a uh, it's, it's great to see everybody. Uh, Julia, I don't know how the multi-camera thing worked, but uh, thanks for running multi-camera this time. Well, I'm going to go back and look at it on Facebook and answer questions. If you have questions on Facebook, I'll I'll get to them later today. 
because I'm not looking at chat, um, and I get, can't wait to see what camera views uh, she selected. And now that we have close-ups, like wow. we have to be careful that we don't scratch our head and do weird things. I've I been scratching my head this entire yeah. time. So. Uh, thanks uh, for everybody who's on <laughs> and chat. Uh, and now we're going to end with a barbecue, right? And since we have uh, uh, Jenny here, we'll, we'll just have to ask Jenny with an I, J-E-N-N-I. Yes. Um, from Texas. From Texas, right? Um, yeah. Uh, so what's what's the deal with tri-tip in Texas? I hear you guys just don't think. Texas I mean, it might tip. be a North Texas thing, but I know at least Central South, you know, tri-tip. It's all about the brisket. It's about mm. the brisket. And yeah. how about pork? Is pork an okay thing in Texas? You a lot of barbecue pork. I yeah, I guess so. It's just not not tri-tip. Not tri-tip is really not. And they, do you guys do seasoning? Like, is there a lot of yeah. a lot of seasoning, a uh, lot of red sauce, that kind of stuff? Yeah. Because definitely. in in Santa Maria and mid Central California, they don't. You're not allowed to use barbecue sauce. That's like a no-no. Uh, it's tri-tip grilled properly, and that's that's barbecue, right? Mm. Not not seasoned. Not, I think there are some that are yeah. like no no barbecue sauce, but I, yeah. I use it. So. Yeah, you use it. <laughs> that, that's good. Yeah. All right, uh, and that's how we do it. At the beginning of the show is the Bay Area, you know, the water, you know, the Bay Report, and then at the end it's always barbecue. Yeah, right? barbecue because right. oh, it's lunchtime, right? <laughs> right. Yep. Uh, Dry rub bis- brisket. Uh, that's what virtual security says. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I'm. I always go with with Franklin. Graham loves oh. barbecue. Salt and pepper. He loves the nice. stuff. Eats it every day. That's cool. Uh, so you know, come in on the chat at the end of the end of the podcast and tell us your barbecue story. We'll try to come up with one every time. Yes. Yeah. With that, we're gonna hit the, hit the big end button. Thanks for joining. Uh, we will be back again next week. And uh, until then, have a great week and a good weekend. Hitting the big red stop button now. Thanks, Aldisir. Great to see you.